Hey yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. I couldn't find my mouse, so what you just heard was me trying to stop the music, but I couldn't actually find it, so my apologies. That sounds about right. And Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. Yo, I just had this thought. Because we're all three dudes with fantastic heads of hair, what's it like to be people that have shitty heads of hair? I feel really bad for them. Depends. I feel like I'm getting there eventually. No, man. You've got like you got a nice salad bowl up there. You're good. And it's not like you have the you don't have the brawn for sure. You don't have the brawn hairline though. No, that's the thing. Like the hairline is still holding up, but like it's definitely thinning in the middle. And I'm like, this is probably only gonna last for a couple more years. And it depends, no. though. Some people, some people pull off bald really well. Brad Myers pulls off bald wonderfully. Yeah, Brad's a better looking guy bald than he ever was. Did you ever see him in those pictures from the UWA days when he had long hair? I I don't know about long hair, but I've seen Brad with hair in those UWA days, and yeah, like it was. He had hair was like funny. down to his. But I think if you look shoulders, at, you look you look at any of those pictures of us as like awkward teenagers, and we all look like idiots. Well, speak no, for yourself, not. sir. Yeah. Actually, I looked like an awkward idiot. I do. I did Actually, for did sure. You had frosted tips. Yeah, dude. I totally. I had frosted tips, <laughs> full on, full on. Sat in the in the stylist chair for a good two and a half hours, getting those things pulled through shit. the rubber. I did the full head of blonde. Right, these guys are out. These guys are out there looking like Lincoln Park or Nick Carter. Lincoln so Park. Their, uh, yeah, it was it's definitely Chester Bennington. Bennington. That was yeah, that was it. Fault. Yeah, but like, I've got two buddies like really really good friends who are bald jimmy knows one of them my buddy carl almost like honestly he could pass as like a family member of terry cruz or a stand-in of terry cruz just even how he acts it's very similar um in terms of like his i guess like idiosyncrasies and of characters that he's played where he's like the goofy little whatever he's kind of the same dude and then um my buddy nick and I've seen a picture of Nick with like a beard and big head of hair. And man, he made the right choice shaving that bad boy off. And you made the right choice by listening to this wonderful podcast. And thank you for joining us on this being episode 40 of 43.6. Today on episode of 43.6, <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, NFL divisional playoffs. We're going to talk about Bruce Boudreaux. We're going to talk about Ivan Provorov, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Toronto Raptors, and if we have time, I want to make a connection between the LA Angels and the WWE. But all that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we will talk a bit more about later. But before we do that, and after we talk about uh, hair loss, we do like to talk about our week and everything that has happened since the last time we dis- uh, discussed on this podcast. And Maddie, we're going to start with you this week. So I realized you got, you got a big package today, essentially. I did. Well, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, big package every day, but like, obviously we're talking about something else. Though. Stop. Stop. But um, yeah, I got, okay. I entered the world of VR. I'm entering the matrix and dude, it's one of those things where, when I got it and I was setting it up, it was one of those things where you set it up and you're not doing anything, but you're like, this is awesome. You're just like, like doing the like, tutorial. It's like, it's literally yeah. like set your boundaries and you're like, oh, this is so cool. 
not even that. I was like clicking the menus and I was just going back and forth between different menus with the controller and shit. And I'm like, this is awesome. And then I'm deciding what workspace do I want? I picked the uh, Asian resort in the mountains and I also have a Crystarium. So that's pretty cool. Um, downloaded like your Amazon Prime VR, your YouTube VR, uh, your Netflix VR, which I mean, the Netflix one I kind of get, but I don't because it's if I want to watch Netflix, I'll just fucking sit on my couch and watch Netflix. I don't need a VR headset. The YouTube VR I like because there's like dedicated videos of you know, travel or like roller coasters or things like that, that are really cool for the VR experience. But like I said, I, I downloaded those and half the time was me just for those who aren't looking, I'm just like turning around, looking at everything around me and just clicking, seeing what shit on here is fun and whatever. And it's, it's, it, it's, it's an odd experience as you know, I was saying this before we came on your eyes tell you one thing, but your head's telling you another because no matter unless you're wearing headphones the ambient noise around you is still going to be louder than the noise being output by the machine so you're hearing everything outside of you but you're seeing everything through the headset and because it's vr it's not just like a goggle of a screen that you're watching but you're looking around you expect when you turn your head to like see your dog but you see nothing and it's 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 one of the oddest sensations you go through they do a really good job though yeah, that's... of the audio being integrated from the headset into like where you are like the immersion that they create is pretty good when you're mm-hmm. watching when you're doing something that involves audio like it it's pretty cool i figure you should always wear headphones and that's actually something i never even considered like not wearing headphones and you're looking at something in VR, but you hear your dog barking behind you. So you go to like turn around and look at your dog, but he's it's not there. Like you're still in the scene that you're in in your VR world. So that's crazy. I didn't even think of that because I've always yeah. just assumed you'd wear headphones when you're doing it. Well, right, when I was, that's exactly what got me. Yeah, when right. I was playing NFL Pro Era, the for the first time I played it, I I took the snap and I dropped the ball and I went to pick up the ball. But stupid me didn't realize I was in front of my coffee table. So I like firmly fist punched my coffee table. And I was like, motherfucker. I was like, there's a coffee table still there. So then I immediately stood up and went to the open space to play it. Because you can play some things uh, in uh, stationary or you can play them. You can get up and play. Like you can play NFL stationary. It's just if you drop the ball, you better not have a table in front of you. Um, Yeah, it's cool, man. I like it a lot. I like I like the quick stationary setup for your like play area because you literally just say you're stationary and it creates the area around you automatically based off of the average size and area of a chair. But <clears throat> it's yeah, it's cool. Um, I'm kind of curious to see. I my main selling point was that it there's mods out there for games that I currently play to play in VR like Final Fantasy 14 because that's going to be a dream of mine to just be able to be in these fantasy worlds that you know they do their best with immersion with music and sound and you know kind of creating the story around you but the fact that i can actually kind of like be there now is going to be really cool um so that um also too just another week of trying to figure out how to juggle you know a child with going back to work i mean i'm fortunate enough that i work in a place that they're so cool about you know the work from home thing and you know, really accommodate and be like, 
look, we get it. If you need to take an extra 10 minutes to go help your kid, whatever, go do it. You know, they're not some horror stories that some other friends have told me to being like, well, you're back now. Like you got to focus. So really fortunate for that. Um, but dude, literally eat shit a ton tries to sleep, eat shit a ton tries to sleep. You were the kid. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not like something <laughs> I do. Well, that's <laughs> that pretty not- much where she gets it from is me, but it's just literally a poop factory. That's all yeah. she is. It's hard think- to reconcile that there's a human that doesn't, doesn't do anything. Like there's a human <laughs> that exists with you that really is very like ornamental. <laughs> they just, they're just kind of there, but they right. also depend on you for existence. It's weird. Well, that that's one of the things that my boss had said to me today. He was just like, it's odd that they just go based purely off instinct and all they want to do is survive and they don't know how. Mm-hmm. So they just essentially yell and scream to say, I need something, but they don't even really understand what they need. And you're trying to figure it out for it's, it's, it's really odd experience. I will say one of the oddest things is that she's three weeks old and already developing like really weird, weird personality quirks or like weird things. Like she does this thing when I change her and I try to put her arms through her thing. She tucks her arms in and then gets this like mischievous, quirky smile on her face. Like she knows what she's doing and (laughs) not letting me get her arms. Yeah. And like I try to fight her arms through and then she just slowly goes. And smiles. Um, But yeah, no, she's cool. She had me in tears just making funny faces the other day. But she's she she's cute, but. She better smarten up. Start make it paying her way. Yeah. Start contributing to that mortgage. Exactly. Jeez. Now I understand why my parents always said, hey, you listen to me. I put this, I pay for this roof over your head. You better <laughs> fucking listen. And I yep. was always, you know, it's, you know, I said this last week. You realize real quickly that all the shit your parents used to say to you, you start saying to your kid and you're like, fuck. Yep. Scary. They were right. Yeah, they were right. So yeah, that's my week. James. Dude, I didn't do much. I popped by the the card shop, and I'll give them a one time shout out until they, until they sponsor the show, uh, Relics at Young and Lawrence. Um, you know, to to grab a, a card for my cousin who sent a, he sent a rookie no a Connor McDavid rookie tribute from a set, from um, that upper deck calls the cup, and it's the highest end, uh, hockey card set you can get, and he had won in a break. Uh, Connor McDavid autograph patch rookie tribute. So uh, out of 10, so there's only 10 of these cards. Um, and it's really, like a really nice card. And he sent it in for grading and he got a nine. So he's very happy with it because the grading's out of 10. And when you get these thick cards with patches and autos, it's hard to get a 10. So he's very happy. Um, so I hung around there for a bit, um, picked up some some little things for myself. Yeah, what else did I do? Dude, I didn't really do anything, man. Saturday, I like kid went to soccer, much less kids stealing the ball because I think they know now. Um, yeah, they like I don't want to get called me. a cheater by this dude. Yeah, they yeah, saw the me. fucking guy in the Jets hat going to yell at us again. Yep, uh, with my French vanilla cappuccino. Um, so, because they know I'll throw it in their face. I'm not above throwing coffee in people's face. 
Um, You've done it. <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> um, so what else did I do? Fuck, man. I didn't really fucking do anything. It's binoculars. <laughs> yeah, dude. I fucking work and, and enter the world of VR. That's all I do. Um, and even then, when I'm in VR, dude, sometimes I'm just fucking laying in bed watching YouTube. <laughs> just in VR because you can move the screen anywhere. So um, I, I feel like... <laughs> It, it's funny when you're like I'm plugging into the matrix. I got, when I was laying there using it, I was like, "I'm such a piece of shit." Like that's the first thing I thought is like, "I'm a piece of shit." Like just lying there, the VR headset on, like clicking through stuff. I'm 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 like those fat people in Wally. Like that's what I'm gonna be um, with this stupid headset on. So I immediately <laughs> got up, took it off, and was like, eh, "Maybe I should just listen to this podcast and go to bed." So. I did that instead, but yeah, I didn't really do much. I, work's been busy, man. Like you think that after the holidays in like the toy industry, things would slow down? Fuck no. Everyone's still got shit to do. So, alas, here we are, busting our ass twenty four seven. All right. I saw they announced well, WWE two K twenty three though, and that looks cool. So they did announce WWE 2K23 and John Cena is on the cover. But what I thought would have been funny is if they didn't put blank. anyone on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you like can't see me. It's John Cena. They already had, they had that. It's Bad Bunny in the fan and then there's just a floating hat. Did you see right. that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. It's pretty funny. funny. But it's got war games in it. Um, I mean, sure. Cool. Whatever. I mean, I haven't. I was going to say I haven't played a WWE game in forever, but that's not true. Actually, this past week, I did <laughs> play WWE 2K22. I haven't. Because I think. I haven't played in five years. I So this would have been the first time I played a WWE game in a very long time. I don't remember the last one that I got. It might have been like 18 or 19. But it was on, I think it was on PlayStation. And it was like streamable. So I just said, okay, I'll, I don't have to download this thing. I'll just jump in and start playing it. And I did what I always do in every wrestling game. I'm like, oh, they have Shawn Michaels? Okay, I'm going to make his WrestleMania, tw- WrestleMania 12 <laughs> attire. <laughs> and then, oh, they have uh, Scott Hall? All right, I'm going to make an NWO Scott Hall. And I'm going to do that. And I just like was in the character creation mode for like hours. Which is funny because that. with Creation Suite, you, I mean, you could save the time doing it by just downloading them. Of course. By someone who does it infinitely better than... Dude, we used to spend hours back in the yep. day. Oh, my God. Just printing off sheets with the move sets and the the creative thing what was what game was that it's, for Smackdown it was, it was, no it was no either no it was no mercy because it gave you the slider stats too <sighs> was no no we did there one was with slider Jeff. stats and no mercy was there it was one we did no, it wasn't Jeff. slider stats but it was like the move sets and it was like the attributes to set for like different characters and different guys no that was i remember one that had the entrances and we did it with jeff when he yeah. created Judas. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. we created a stable called the Backstabbers. <laughs> and it had like, like Benedict Arnold, Judas. <laughs> just Brutus all all people who were traitors throughout history. Yeah. And Judas, Judas's move was called the 12 Pieces of Silver. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was so fucking stupid. So sacrilegious. That's the shit you do. Yeah, I think it was SmackDown versus Raw 2007. Which yeah, it sounds like one of those. Because I remember also doing something similar like that go to like a game facts website or something and print out yeah. all these like how to create these guys because like it would be use face number 45 and hair 72 yeah and yeah. And, and shirt 41 etc cetera, etc cetera, until you 
you yeah. got like a formula essentially to create these guys. And I remember oh. picking that game up because I got a bursary from university or college and I went down and picked it up and my buddy Jeff was with me and we we're like, let's go to fucking EV games and buy SmackDown with this money I got for free from school. So we did. And I remember the first thing we did was we had this ladder match for it was money in the bank. And at, the, at that point we didn't know you could run on the ladder. Um, so I remember like doing a move to him and, and whatever, or like he was getting the briefcase and I like ran up the ladder and knocked him off and like held the briefcase myself. And we both were like losing our minds that that just happened and ended up winning the match that way. And I remember that match. fuck man, we had some epic, epic battles. Well, I did play some WWE2K22 and I did create a bunch of characters and until I realized, what am I doing this? I just turned it off. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Did you make, did you make a custom, if you, did you make a, a character that doesn't exist? Did you make your own guy? No, oh, what? What what are you doing? I mean, I did in previous years when I was like actually um, religiously playing these games and yes, I would create okay, myself and the, I would do a career who, mode. And all who that. was the go-to guy? Okay. If you created yourself, what uh -huh. was, what was their name and what was the gimmick? I need to know this. My name was Dustin Perry, I believe. Um, but what I oh, so later as as the games got more sophisticated, they implemented the ability to like put a commentary name in, or like the ring announcer would say your name, yeah, Dustin, so or whatever. I, yeah, right. So I was never married to a name or a gimmick. I would just always go through the names that they had listed, and I would say, "Okay, I'm going with that name this game," and I was I will be that guy this game. So oh, it was generally it, sold always me, it but it, around the name though, it would sound like, would you ever build the guy? Okay. okay. Yeah. So it was, I remember one year it was like the beast or something and I'm like, I'm Dustin the beast Perry. And that was, and it like, it would, it would only go as far as like writing beast or something on the ass of my tights or something. And that's <laughs> it generally. Like it wasn't, I, I didn't like, I don't know. Go to finish it. myself. <laughs> I didn't, I'm just saying I didn't paint myself blue and made myself like super huge like beast from the X-Men like I was it was just a nickname um finisher I I usually did a DDT of some sort I was, yeah. I was a big Raven fan back in the day so a lot of DDTs I was a Scrooge Steiner screwdriver was always one of mine or a shining wizard I have a soft spot for a good shining wizard I, I mean I, as I picked the show Ryukin because they put it in there okay nice but as the games went on, like I eventually, I think I started using like Canadian destroyers and stuff like that as they got like more modern. Um, but yeah, I was always gravitating towards <laughs> Some, a DDT. somewhere. Some Ontario vet is like typical, typical indie guy using a Canadian destroyer, even in. But at least he's at least he's at the finish. Not like these fucking guys now, like doing a Canadian destroyer and kicking out at one, or like doing a destroyer off the top rope and like oh, for a falsy, like what, what, just sewering the move. I was watching a, a clip recently from this past weekend. I'm not going to mention the wrestlers involved, but it was like one of the craziest looking spots I've ever seen in your life. And they kicked out at two. I'm like, so what's the finish? Is it going to be a shotgun blast to the chest to finally fucking pin him? <laughs> like at what point? Like this is what you kills what? me about. I will say to counteract that logic. Here's the thing. There's something to be said about kicking out a two for something extreme, going another five minutes or seven minutes, and the five minutes or seven minutes themselves being what puts it over the edge. Because the longer, like think about triple overtime in a hockey game, right? Like 
a goalie makes an incredible save in the first overtime like he can stop anything and then they're just tired by the like it's just over so i to me there is some logic i mean if you do too many of them yes but i think you can get away with time being the ultimate reason that someone gets pinned with something different i i understand what you're trying to say and you're not necessarily wrong it's just if the whole purpose is like building to a finish and building to the crescendo or you're at the, the pinnacle of the ride that you've taken these fans on, why would you hit that moment and then come back down and then pin them? You know what I mean? Like, like you, you've hit the peak. You've hit the climax. It's like a movie. It doesn't end when, when Superman wins. He has to go back and talk to Lois for five minutes before the credits roll. No, but the movie essentially is over. Like you can you can say that talk with Lois after is like the post the post match yeah, interview yeah. they did with Joe yeah. Rogan right like it's <laughs> sure. I don't know I'm just saying if you have the ability to end on a high note end on a high note and like that, there's too many that, times what was that spot it was was it Matt Riddle and Mia Yim or was it they like did a that, destroyer off the top that's what you're talking about yeah who was it or was it it was, was it Riddle and Kimberly Yim, I think that's what it was right, I don't remember that one was crazy. In any event, I'm just saying sometimes you need to just... So, you know, I even saw it on uh, AEW this week or the week prior, whatever it was. I think it was uh, Danielson and Takeshka. And and who am I to criticize Brian Danielson, right? But like he hit the the whatever the fuck knee that Excalibur calls it. I don't know. Everything Excalibur calls has to be in a different language. So it's like the boosh psycho knee or some bullshit like that, right? And he hits it and the crowd goes nuts and one, two, he kicks out. I'm like, okay. And then he puts a, a submission on him and he taps or like, I don't know if he tapped out or he fucking passed out or whatever. I'm like, you had him like they were like the people were up here and then he put the submission on him. And now like half the people in the crowd didn't even realize the match ended. But again, I kind of get that because you, you have a moment where you can escape. And then once you're in the submission, it's the realization there's no escape. You're toast. And well, that's why I, you I tap mean, out. I get it. But. The, you're, you're able to we're going too much on this i'm just saying like you have the ability <laughs> I to see what you're create saying. whatever you're, you're finish going, you want you're going from the position of where the crowd is in and out of the match and i'm thinking like combat logic you know which isn't necessary they don't always marry and i get that yeah um i okay so over the weekend also uh, very quickly i did go to my local circle k nice and i had a uh, i had a coupon for a Canadian or uh, Coca Cola vanilla with coffee. The Darcy Tucker special. Is it? I don't know. Um, this is weird. Don't know if I'll ever buy this ever again. Sir, that's old school. Back in the day, which was a Wednesday. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, what? What years did we work at the IGA? That's remember. Oh, remember Coke like, Black. Like, yeah. Oh seven. Coke Black was a thing, and there were small bottles of Coke mixed with coffee, and it was called Coke Black. Um, and it came out. Know, that's what it needs. Also, kind of racist. Um, just to call it Coke Black. Um, they. I don't know if that's racist. I don't think that's racist. At they all. call it Coke no. White. Um, so. No, it was black because like black coffee. I get it. Makes sense. Right. Um. Anyway, Darcy Tucker used to drink that before every game. A cup of coffee mixed with a can of Coke. Could you tell? Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> Just look at his face. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like it? But yes, you don't I like did it, go. Eh? But yeah. It's okay. 
I don't know. It, it's it's a little weird. I appreciate the vanilla of it because I'm a big fan of vanilla Coke. That's a that's a S tier beverage right there is the vanilla Coke that we don't get very often. Don't give me that look, Maddie. What the fuck? You're going to say that like <laughs> Pepsi hint of lime is a better option? No, Actually, it is. It is. It legitimately is. That's a good choice. Or Pepsi Twist, the lemon uh, yeah, was fantastic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I went into my local Circle K to get my uh, my prime drink. Then I had a coupon for one of these. So of course, I got that. And then I also saw in my local Circle K was Mountain Dew Pitch Black. So I had to get that because coming up on uh, Saturday night is the Royal Rumble, gentlemen. And I don't. We probably should have talked a bit about the Royal Rumble, but it's probably too late now. Um, but Royal Rumble's this coming Saturday, and there's a pitch black match. So I felt like I had to get a, a Mountain Dew pitch black. Now, what is a pitch black match? Who the fuck knows? That's going to be the point where everyone gets up and goes get goes to the washroom or gets someone else to eat or or whatever. I'm not still not sure what I'm going to do for the Royal Rumble. It's like because, eating in the dark. Like who the fuck wants to do that? It's like that episode of the League where they're eating in the yeah. dark, and you had to like wear the night vision goggles, steal the stuff out of kevin's own briefcase that's a great show everyone needs to watch the league it's on disney plus let's go watch the league but alas we probably should talk about some sports because what happened this past weekend was the nfl division play division round playoffs that's how it's called yes the nfl division round playoffs they might even call it the super division round i don't fucking know but most importantly on saturday as maddie put his arms in the air i think something's going on the least game um, <laughs> it was just a really nice play. Like uh, Samsonov shot the puck up to Nylander, who just tipped it to Tavares on a breakaway. Just a shifty one-touch backhand into the net. It was nice. Yeah, I just my stream just updated, so yes, I just saw it happen. And we will talk a lot about the Maple Leafs later in this episode. I can't believe this game's the scoreline of this game so far. Jesus, uh, there's a scoreline I couldn't believe also from the Maple Leafs this past weekend, and I want to talk about that with you guys. So I want to get your opinion. But before we do that. The Jags and the Chiefs. Trevor Lawrence, guys. It felt like there for a moment. Like in the first quarter of that game, they were going back and forth, and then Mahomes got hurt. And it was Henny time. And I was thinking, Jesus, they're going to do it. Tony Khan is going to do it. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to move on. But... They had absolutely no response for Pacheco, who just ran right through that defense. And Travis Kelsey, who's like out here, all damn near setting records. Yeah. With like 14 receptions as a tight end, 100 yards and two touchdowns. Not 98 yards and two touchdowns, but whatever. I don't understand. Like, I, I can only imagine, like, what if Mahomes was healthy the entire game? That's, I guess there's two ways to look at that. Like he may not have like went to a safety net, Travis Kelsey, so many times if he was healthy and he wanted to spread the ball around a bit. But man, they're really good. Do you do yeah. you remember when people were like, Mahomes won his Super Bowl, and he's, and I feel like there were two schools of thought. One that he was this very very good quarterback, and one that. You know, where he and then he kind of flew under the radar for like the next two seasons. And then there was this other school of thought where people were saying, You don't understand, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time. And it's not about Super Bowls, it's just about his ability to be a quarterback. There, in the beginning of that game, there were throws 
I, f I forget who he threw to. Yeah, I don't remember, but he threw. The defender was had his arms up in front of him, and he threw sidearm between the defender's arm and hip to hit the guy running across the field. He's just he's just that good. He jumped through on a like almost busted foot. Like he the guy. He's he's just built different, man. He's arguably the most adaptable and creative quarterback we've ever seen. You know, like the guy can literally they they say some quarterbacks can, you know, make a play out of nowhere or, you know, out of thin air, but he literally takes shit and turns it into a game-winning drive or a touchdown or something of that ilk. I don't think we have ever seen or will ever see another QB like this. Um, and I think that's also not necessarily completely Mahomes. I think it's a testament to Andy Reid letting him play. You know, a lot of coaches would be saying, you know, don't do this and stifle that kind of creativity and say, stay within the playbook, stay within this. If you don't have the option, throw it away, do this, do that. But I think there's a line that Andy Reid has drawn and said, you know what, as long as you don't hit that, do whatever the hell you want. You know, there's a, probably a limit to what they're willing to accept. But I think, you know, they they just let him go out there and create. So if you don't see something, think on your toes. And it plays to his strengths to be able to do that. Um, I Kelsey's a monster. He might go down as the greatest tight end ever. Um, and I also want to say, too, I think... I, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be as good, if not better, than we all thought he would be. I think long-term, you know, it's still early. It's his first playoff appearance and everything like that, but he could, he's he's going to be something different. And it, it's, oh, it's going sorry. to be exciting. What is it with teams not leaning in on what worked for them in the playoffs? I find... That, and this is a good example for the Jags. Evan Ingram was non-existent in this game. And I think we are all upset about Evan Ingram not being involved in this game. I think all of us collectively had on different parlays. Parlay, yeah, Ingram we all did. Over X amount of yards. I don't remember how many yards it was. It wasn't even a lot. It was like over 40 yards or something. Like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll take that bet. Oh, but the guy like, to Kirk. Yeah, the guy has been a vital part of the back half of your season and just non-existent and the vikings not throwing to justin jefferson ever like the, the week before it just it doesn't or make sense or the bills think, to Dave. Yeah. yeah i think i think a lot of that comes down to the overthinking the nfl is full of overthinking it's a chess match and you know you think rethink adjust and whatever that i think the chiefs are fully happy being like jags play your game we're gonna play our game whoever comes out but they thought hey their game plan is gonna be stop this and they just didn't throw the ball to him or give him the ball. And, you know, it, like you said, it hurt them. And I think that's ultimately that overthinking probably cost them a closer game. Do I think they would have won it? Probably not still. But I think it would have been, you know, a little tighter. Now, the, night, the night's Mahomes young for that play? team. The night is very young for that team. Oh, yeah. The Jags, so, I think next year, Jags are going to be something serious you know because they think of it like this if lawrence's ascension to becoming next level and you know a top 
five, 10 quarterback in the league, guys are going to want to play with them. Um, that team's exciting. I mean, now you're going to have guys who are going to want to go there. Could you imagine if Diggs just gets pissed off, leaves Buffalo and goes to play with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville? I mean, that, that kind of receiver finally for him and then get them, you know, slightly better running back. And, you know, you're kind of, they're off to the races. Well, as you, you mentioned that briefly there, Patrick Mahomes did sustain or suffer, I should say, a high ankle sprain and supposedly is going to be healthy to play next week against the Bengals, which well, I don't see why he wouldn't. I mean, if he came back and played in this game against the Jags, I don't see why he yeah. wouldn't play the following week against the Bengals. So that should definitely be a fun matchup. Before we get to that one, there's one other game on Saturday. That was, of course, the Giants and the Eagles. Not much to say here. The Giants were lucky to be in the spot they're even in, and the Eagles were just coasting to the the bye for the NFC. So this was try. a yeah, this was a mismatch entirely. Daniel Jones ain't it. Um, I think Saquon Barkley is real good, but I think you may see him in a different uniform next year. I think the Giants are going to have a very different roster next year. See, yeah. I'm of the I'm of the other school of thought. I actually think the Giants are going to run this back. I don't. You look at name me one receiver on the the Giants. Sterling Shepard. <laughs> okay, name me two. <laughs> um, yeah, Sterling Shepard. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. They, they traded Kadarius Tony to the Chiefs, um, and they everyone thought the Giants had a chance to knock off the Eagles. I don't. I Daniel Jones had a pretty good year overall. Is he is he an elite quarterback? No. Is he top ten? I think he's probably nipping at the top ten. Um, in the league in terms of listen he made the playoffs a lot of other guys didn't so I would I would argue they have something with him so you, you surround him with some more weapons and it depends I mean like you said you can't just throw to Sterling Shepard and run the ball with Saquon Barkley and expect to expect to be 100% successful so you know we'll see if they get to, I think I think Jones is better than he gets a lot of credit for. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think the Giants are done. I think they're going to continue on the trajectory. I, but I don't, I don't disagree with you. If they lose Saquon, I think it's toast. But if they can convince him that they're building something, then I think he'll be all right. I just I think it's going to be a struggle for them to make it next year. Like, seeing some of these teams, like you said, the Lions will be better. The Bears will be better. Um, I mean, the Bucks depending on who they get for QB, will still probably make the playoffs. You have the nine you have the Niners. The Seahawks might be a little better and kind of get in again. The Rams may bounce back, depending on what goes on with guys like Aaron Donald and, you know, their head coaching and, you know, you expect the Cardinals to be a little better. I just think the Giants, this this was a perfect storm for them to get in to the playoffs. I just think that there's a lot of teams that will either that either underperformed this year or will be better next year. So I'm just looking at the Giants roster because as you pose that question to me, I'm like, I, I was jokingly saying Sterling Shepard. Like, I, that was the only name I could think of. Like, Sterling Shepard played three games this year. 
Darius Slayton was their number one wide receiver. He had 700 yards and two touchdowns. Like, as a team, they had 17, 17 receiving touchdowns. How much did Justin Jefferson have? I feel like Jefferson alone, <laughs> alone. had more yeah. touchdowns than the entire Giants offense. But you look at that division, I don't see the Commanders getting better. And we'll no. get to it. I don't see the Cowboys getting better. No, I, but they also went, you know, three quarters of the season without Dak. Cool. Well, <laughs> probably for the better. Like, no, like, I mean, it may have been. <laughs> Cooper Rush wasn't playing poorly. No, he yeah. wasn't. But you could argue Dak is a, a season quarterback, not a playoff quarterback. Well, I guess we might as well go there now. Our Sunday night matchup was the Dallas Cowboys against the San Francisco 49ers. And the 49ers ended up winning that game because Brock Purdy does not know how to lose. He is uh, still an undefeated quarterback in this league. He may never lose. He only has two more games left to play potentially and he could go down as it go in history is something no one's ever done is start your career undefeated and into a super bowl win that's that's pretty impressive for no rookie quarterbacks drafted player no rookie quarterbacks ever won a super bowl yeah that's another great point uh, right. but also there was rumblings that uh jimmy g is gonna is potentially going to be available for the super bowl if they make it to the super bowl that, that would be interesting to see if uh, the Niners get to that spot. Of course, the Niners are going to have to be able to beat the Eagles this coming Sunday, and that's going to be a, a very fun uh, football game that's to watch. Yeah, but be a real good game. it was also a fun football game to see the Cowboys against the 49ers, if for no other reason than because the Cowboys are the Cowboys are just the Cowboys, man. Like there's, there's, always, there's always something about these guys. Now, uh, Maher... Um, didn't exactly shit the bed. Uh, he, he 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 kicked through a couple uh, field goals. That, that he block to was going wide left. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, block, that block was going to Austin. <laughs> like, so, yeah, there was a there was a blocked extra point attempt, which was the, would have been the first kick or, or I guess first points attempted by Maher uh, in this game. And yeah, it was blocked. And considering the game that he had last week and missed like the four field goals or whatever it was. There was already a lot of apprehension with that fan base of what to do with this guy. And then he had an extra point blocked. And sometimes you say, you know, a, a block kick like it happens. It's not the kicker's fault. The, the kick was blocked. Oh, brother. <laughs> this this uh, supposed extra point attempt was nowhere close to no. where the uprights are always or the uprights always have been and always will be. That saved him some embarrassment because if that had gone through and wasn't blocked, you know that change it, it it they knew it was going to go wide because on the next drive that the cowboys had it was fourth and four and they went for it yep and they were 35 40 yards out which is field goal range for most if not all nfl kickers <laughs> they're like fuck <laughs> this guy all NFL kickers. well donnie mahar is not kicking this ball listen and the go look yeah go go look at the the Cowboys free agents this year, if you get a chance. Pollard, free agent. Schultz, free agent. Like, they're toast, man. Like, it's, and, and listen, what? I, I've, who's that guy? I forget who the guy is that I heard say this today. So forgive me for the credit. Where credit is due. He said something really cool. Dak is closer 
to Daniel Jones than he is to the upper echelon of the quarterbacks in the NFL. He has he has as many playoff wins as Brock Purdy. Like it's it's just he can't get it done. He's not he's he's not it. He's just he's not the guy. No, it's true. He's when the game's on the line in terms of not just a regular season game, but when the lights are on like Sunday night divisional game and the lights are on you, you have your chance. Cowboys 49ers. Yeah, right. it's a big the rivalry too. renewed, right? Yeah. And you crumble like that. But I also think that's like a lot. And we, Dustin, we were talking about this off the hop. And I asked him this question because he knows the NFL better than I do. Has Mike McCarthy always been this bad at clock management and game management? <laughs> because last year, it's almost an identical style of play calling. The play wasn't the same, but in terms of risky play, when the game's on the line like that. Zeke got run over. Zeke's a big dude, but he's not an offensive lineman. He got pushed around like it was nobody's business. Also, the lazy fucking receiving by what's his nuts to not just drop that right foot. He just casually caught the ball, went out of bounds, and cost them the first down and the out of bounds, hmm. which cost them another six or seven seconds um, and 15 yards. So... I don't know, man. It's just how many years has Dak been in the league? Seven. Seven. How many times has he made it to the playoffs? I want to say almost all of those. Because the, the one he was hurt, right? And the guy, played. the guy, every every quarterback that is of that other level of that other tier has that moment in a playoff game where they go, oh my God, this guy pulled it off. This guy did it. This guy did a thing, the thing. Mahomes did it in his second year. He was Dak in the league for... Had, yeah, or, he's had zero sorry, He's moments. been in the league for seven years. He's had zero uh, moments. Four of those seven years. Question, how many moments has Dak Prescott had? Regular season or postseason? He's had zero yeah, he hasn't a lot of had a lot of regular season moments, but you're right. He, the guys that make it are guys that want the ball with two minutes left and down by three. They find and a way. Say, yeah, um, Aaron Rodgers has done it as much as I'm not necessarily a fan of his anymore, just because the way he acts. Mahomes has done it. Obviously, Brady's the best who's ever done it, um, and I'm no Brady guy, but they've all done it in those moments. I just, I don't know how you run it back with Dak, and they're going to because what's, his, what's sad? his contract's stupid. Yeah, but that's it. They have they have a real dumb contract. They've come, what did they say? <laughs> Again, I heard another quote, and I don't know who said it. You're paying a Ferrari price, and Dak Prescott is a Civic, <laughs> and that's that's the problem. So I mean, there's a there's a there's something I heard earlier today too, and I, I believe it was Adam Rank who said this, and it was a good tweet where he said, you know, everyone's like, and I'm paraphrasing what he said. He didn't say it exactly like this, but the 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 message behind what he was saying is like everyone's dunking on Dak and the Cowboys for you know collapsing or whatever, but not enough people are talking about maybe the, the 49ers are just a really good team. Well, I no, said from the, the beginning of the season, play well. 
they know nobody played well that game but i said from the beginning of the season the 49ers are stacked and when they got run cmc they became even more stacked like everyone, everyone's like oh kittle don't know if Kitt- kittle's a beast like kittle's incredible oh, yeah. and christian mccaffrey again in the like in a right situation uh not carolina <laughs> he looks fantastic again like this team is like debo samuel brandon iu christian mccaffrey george kittle like come on man like that's i don't i don't have it pulled up right now but maddie oh, elijah mitchell said elijah mitchell eliza missile is what you mean dude like they're stacked and they have an incredible oh, yeah, defense and the thing with the cowboys is that's a waste of the best defensive one of the best defensive players in the league in micah parsons it's so sad so sad so i don't have it pulled up anymore and i'm actually didn't is liza mitchell still on that team yes sir no oh, okay i thought he was i guess i'm thinking of jeff wilson yeah jeff wilson got traded never mind yeah. um nevertheless i don't have it pulled up anymore because it doesn't matter but maddie joked about it before we went on the air and he said well i guess our brackets are like <laughs> i guess maddie's won <laughs> because i picked the uh, Minnesota Vikings to win the Super Bowl, and I had them playing the Dallas Cowboys in the <laughs> <laughs> NFC Championship game, which obviously is not going to happen. And James had the Buffalo Bills winning the Super Bowl, which definitely is not going to happen because earlier that day on Sunday, the Bengals and the Bills went at it in a very snowy game in Buffalo, and it didn't seem to matter for uh, the Bengals. They they almost like they almost revel reveled playing in that snow, and the Buffalo Bills just look like frauds out there, frauds. but. I, I don't remember what team it was. It might have been the Vikings. I think it was the Vikings when we talked about this last week. We were saying they're like the Maple Leafs of the NFL. It's the Buffalo Bills. Like the Maple Leafs. I say the maybe, Cowboys are the Leafs. Maybe I said it. And at least the Cowboys won a playoff game. So that's hard to make that connection. And I guess same goes for the Bills as well. But there's a lot of that vibe going around with the Bills, with the Cowboys, of being like this this team that has such a loyal fan base and following and everyone talks about like they're they're going to do something special but always disappoints their fan base it was the end it was it. the and red Sox and the cubs right same shit it just it happens the bills though the bills sh- how maddie said it last week losing von miller was devastating <laughs> to the bills. joe burrow had college level time to throw the ball there was no there's no pass rush whatsoever zero you know it didn't exist and and the bills should have and to to the stefan diggs comment the bills should have fucking roasted the b c d grade secondary of the Bengals. not not even that three out of the five starting o linemen for the Bengals were out Three out of the five, the money they threw in to improving that O line, and Gone. three of the guys were out. If you're honestly, I'm shocked, regardless of not having Von Miller, that it wasn't you blitz all day and choke the shit out of. He's a third Joe year Burr. quarter, third year quarterback, right? Like you got to pressure him, you got to have him make mistakes, and dude, they're in the snow. Right, that the Bills should have been. That's their element. They should have played much better. Not only were they at home, but you know Josh Allen wants to be. 
this does this sour Josh Allen on being a top five ten quarterback? In Dude, the he w- he went no. Well, I don't think top ten. I think top five maybe. I think we could. I think if we tried right now, we could probably name quarterbacks we would put ahead of him in terms of top five. But yeah, the four that four for sure that are still in it. <laughs> but uh, well, I don't know about Purdy, but the um. Remember when Allen needed Tommy? Do you think he actually needs Tommy John? Like, do you think his elbow's fucked? Because he, it was bef- just before the Jets game, he had a pass where he was, he got his arm pulled back and he fucked his elbow up and he's played through it since. But I don't know. I don't know if he's 100% healthy, but that. Well, he got gifted a call too because there was one that should have been a fumble, but they said it was forward motion on the pass mm. and it got knocked out of his arm. But. Or, I, like the like Dustin's uh, San Fran comment, are we downplaying how calm, cool, collected, easygoing, and focused Joe Burrow is? I mean, the guy is locked in. No, that, and that team, that team hasn't hasn't lost since October. Apparently, is that true? I mean, I wouldn't doubt it, considering the Bengals started horribly at the beginning of the year. So, yeah, they would have had to have gone on a run to end up 12 and 4. They it's... they look good, man. And they and look, at the beginning of the year, we believed the Bengals were going to be a good team. Like I, when we were doing our suicide pool, I think I took the Bengals like week 1. It's like, well, these guys were in the Super Bowl last year. They haven't gotten any worse. <laughs> so like why wouldn't they be just as good as they were the previous year? So I think they are hitting their stride right now and it was a dominant performance too against the Bills. Yeah. And it was a statement is what that game was. So them next week against Kansas City, man, they have a chance. I, I would def- say they have more they may be the favorites. Especially we, with Mahomes not being hundred percent healthy. We are very I, lucky we, for the, the final four teams and the games that we're getting this year in, in oh yeah. NFL football. This is fantastic. Well, I mean that to, 49ers game is gonna be awesome. Uh, interesting that you say that, Maddie. Even though Kansas City is the home team, right now the Vegas odds, Cincinnati is favored by one. Wow! So a lot of money coming in. So still That's a pick the away em. team. Yeah, but yeah, well, yeah. I, so you usually give the home team three points, right? So the the Bengals are actually being favored really by four, um, which is incredible. You know what? I, I kind of like those odds. I might put some money on the Chiefs today. <laughs> so before this uh, line changes any more than it does. But I, you uh, make your bets and your own personal opinions. Don't take mine. Please I would, don't take mine. I would say this, though. Diggs was visibly frustrated. Oh, yeah, he was. At the end of that game. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up because I want, did want to talk about that. I thought it was embarrassing of how he was reacting to mm. whatever was going on between him and Josh Allen. <laughs> and Josh Allen was just ignoring him though. Yeah. Like he wasn't even looking up. Like he didn't even... so I like to believe that this is probably the last game we see of Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs playing together. Yeah. Which is unfortunate cuz those guys were um when they clicked, boy did they click. And Diggs was probably top five in the league in receiving yards uh, when they worked well together. And obviously it, it didn't down the stretch. And I think Gabe Davis became that number one target for uh, Josh Allen down the stretch. But, well, we were talking about it. And I think James mentioned it already on this show, but like 
Trevor Lawrence thrown to Stephon Diggs could be lethal. Well, I will say Diggs tweeted. Did you guys read his tweet? Yeah, he was like, do you want me to just enjoy Uh losing? Nah. Do you want me to just feel good about how the result? Nah. He said, want me to be okay with losing? Nah. The second tweet said, want me to be okay with our level of play when it's not up to the standard? Nah. And then his third tweet said, it's easy to criticize my reaction more than the result. Uh, Ironically, though, his uh, brother... I'm criticizing both, actually. (laughs) His brother was the last man out of the locker room in Dallas, which is weird that they behave differently um in that way i i don't know man the things are things were peachy keen in buffalo at the start of the year like they sunny sky like everything everyone was picking them as beasts of the you know the east and it was just you know what it was it started going down and i'm not just saying this when the week when they the lost jets. to the jets but it, it it lines up perfectly then all of a sudden people started to sour a bit. They started to dip in their play. They just didn't look right after that. And then Von Miller gets hurt. It's just, I don't know, man, there's going to be a lot of shift this year in the NFL in the off season, like a lot of, and not just your, you know, your third or second and third tier pieces, like top flight players are moving. Yeah. I think there's going to be shuffling of the deck for sure. Diggs is going to be gone. I mean, a lot of people think free agent. Um, I don't think he's a free agent. Well, nevertheless, if he is or he isn't, I think there is going to have to be some changes in Buffalo. And I think you're right where the Jets definitely did derail the Bills when that matchup happened in the middle of the season. It's it's almost like the, the Jets are the kryptonite to the Superman that is <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. And now that they've been affected by this kryptonite, they're just falling apart at the seams. Oh, he extended it, to 2026. Yeah. But this like, year. I mean, we all know how the NFL works. If he says, I'm not playing here, they'll move him. <laughs> I was just going to say, NFL contracts don't mean anything. They could cut yeah. him tomorrow and doesn't get but any of that. So it's, um, <sighs> yeah, the, the entire NFL is going to look very different next year. And I think, um, I think that you can't have a disconnect and hopefully they can harmonize and, and figure each other out between Allen and Diggs. But again, going back to that thing about why, why are the, why are teams trying to galaxy brain it two games before the, the Super Bowl? Like you got there for a reason you, and you did it a certain way and then you just abandon all ships on the, on the way in. Like it doesn't, doesn't like, man, well, well think about all these, that. like, why cut your your formula because i guess you think that they got you figured out but no dude like chances are you've played that throughout the year too like it's i don't know it's weird uh, i don't know maybe that's why i'm not a rise that's why i'm not an nfl coach because i can't fuck it up don't hide your thighs notarize <laughs> <laughs> so oh, yeah like so I, I'm, I'll say this. I say Bengals over the Chiefs, and I say Eagles over the Niners. I'm going to say Chiefs over Bengals and Niners over Eagles. I can't. Dude, any one of these teams is more. That's the best part about this is I think yep. any one of these teams is deserving to win the Super Bowl at this point. I you're agree. not looking at any one of these teams like a Minnesota or whatever and saying frauds. Like they're just 
these it's it's been the top like the best teams are the teams that made it which is fantastic uh and i know we like a cinderella story from time to time and you get one a little bit of one in brock purdy but we called the 49ers being an incredible team from the start of the year we called the eagles remember you know not a lot of people talking about the eagles and we said the eagles are look at what they've done and we called that at the beginning of the year and now they're here we we downplayed the chiefs a little bit but that's our bad you know uh, doubting Mahomes. um and we all knew the Bengals were going to be good. And then they got off to a shitty start, and I think we were in a little bit of disbelief. But, yeah, I don't know. I can't pick. I'm, I'm, I'm absolving myself from picking. It's too too good. Well, what else? What also is too good to be true, honestly, is our proud sponsors, Now Your Treasures. Because Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Source from galleries in the U.S. and U.K., which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send them a DM, 43.6, to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's Now Your Treasures, N-O-W-Y-O-U-R. T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or dot com. And remember, head over to Instagram, go to Now Your Treasures, send them a DM, 43.6, to receive 43% off any order. Now also, keep in mind, the Vancouver Canucks are also 43.6% uh, smaller in terms of their front office right now. Actually, you know, it might be 43.6 larger in their front office because they hired a bunch of dudes <laughs> to take over for Bruce Boudreaux, who finally got the axe this past, or I guess it was yesterday. I was going to say this past weekend, but it was yesterday and Bruce Boudreaux finally got relieved of his duties. And I say finally, not like the, the guy's an asshole or something. He should have been let go a long time ago. It's because the Vancouver Canucks clearly made this decision like, I don't know, what, three weeks ago? And had openly been saying to people that they are looking for the replacement of Bruce Boutreau, even though the man was still behind your bench. And the fan base didn't want Bruce to be let go. The the players didn't want Bruce to be let go. But nevertheless, uh, it's Jim Rutherford, I believe, uh, the president of, or Jim, president or whatever the fuck, of the Vancouver Canucks, who honestly, Boudreaux's not his guy. Like he came into this organization and Bruce is already in place. And I think that's always the issue you run into when you have the, the president not hiring the coach and like, this wasn't my guy to begin with. And I suppose Rick Tockett is going to be the guy that uh, he always wanted. So Boudreaux is now available on the open market. Uh, I don't, I would love to see the Maple Leafs pick him up in some form or fashion if they said, yeah, like Bruce Boudreaux is now the <laughs> equipment manager or something. <laughs> Just so uh, when the Maple Leafs do win the Stanley Cup. He would do it. I think they will. I don't, I don't, yeah, I, like you can't have that or... kind of talent out there for the picking and the guy's clearly sentimental. Um, and, and what they did to him. by players. Dude, what they did to him was atrocious. And it doesn't, like, uh, you know, fuck Jim Rutherford, but also, like, fuck the Aquilinis. Like, it starts there. Like, what a bunch of morons. Like, I, I don't understand how you can drive a team into the ground the way... And I was a Canucks fan in the 90s. Like, Pavel Burry is one of my favorite players of all time. That Trevor Linden team is in my pantheon of favorite teams. But 
how, like how you fucked that up between the Ekman Larson deal number one. Like that's well, it starts with when they they made uh, who was it Jim Benning or who was the GM just before Jim Benning go out and get Louis Erickson way yeah. past his expiration date. Yes, started there, and but th- I think they got they got Ekman Larson in exchange for Dylan Gunther. Eee, that they hurts. Had a first round pick, I think. Well, he was the first round pick, or was there more? I think there was more. Um, so that's painful. Um, and I don't understand though. What 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 purpose does this have? Replacing him now? Like, are the Canucks going to like go on a run here and make the playoffs? No, they should be trying to fail for Bedard, right? So right, and like, are they not still planning to move Bo Horvat and Brock Besser? So and Besser. Okay, so yeah. like, so what's the what's the goal here? Like, why are you running? Boudreaux through the mud and placing all well, this on him. Do you think you get you get some leeway for Tockett to establish his footprint without any sort of stakes? Right. I guess you get you get a half season for him to build a relationship with players without any sort of expectation or repercussion. Right. So it goes back to the Aquilini's being shit. They want <laughs> them to try and salvage as much as they can and squeak into the playoffs to get those home playoff dates and to get the money from those home playoff dates. You don't do this. You just let them horror check the shit out of this season. You either you, you get rid of Boudreaux if you want to, fine. You either make someone the interim in between. That's, you know, an assistant and just say, ride the season out. If you want like an actual rebuild and get the pick, you go full Peter horror check, but they didn't. They want to try and squeak into these playoffs to get those dates. Now... I think the problem is, is you have the Aquilinis want the money. Jim Rutherford probably wants to do one thing and Kevin Alvin, the GM wants to do something else. How about this though? <laughs> what, <laughs> what was the market for Rick Tockett? <laughs> what was the panic? Like who's lining up for his services? Do well, you know like, what I mean? Just, you wait till the end of the season. You get, you, you inquire about Barry Trotz, a much better coach. Right, like, what's the market for Rick Talk? But you you raise a good point. the The Leafs fan base has been clamoring because, hey, we all know Bruce Boudreaux is uh, a huge Leaf fan. He's very vocal about being a Leaf fan. Um, well, he well, of always, course, also played for the Maple Leafs. Yeah. Well, he also talked about when he was in Vancouver, he would like rush past games to see, and or he would ask reporters what was the score of the Leaf game. Yeah, he was the, a very unabashed Leaf fan. So I don't in in the same vein that they brought on Sergey Gonchar to be a defensive development specialist or whatever the fuck they called it, um, DDS. Uh, Sounds like a finisher. Well, it's a dentist, Isaac Yankum, DDS. Uh, they they could bring Boudreaux on to do whatever, a consultant, whatever. Just in the, it's not like he's going to probably okay, command a lot of dollars. And and B like it's even just to the end of the season like just and I don't know if the Canucks have to like do something with rights do they have to no it so the way it works in the NHL is and this is why Mike Babcock didn't start interviewing until I think this year um, if you're fired as a coach they have to pay you unless you get a job with another team so right but the jo- the typically the job has to match what your previous contract was unless negotiated upon so. Babcock wasn't going to sign for anything less than the $8 million as a coach. 
but no team was going to pay him eight million. So they really, he was like, no, I'll just sit. Yeah. So we'll see. I I hope if if the Toronto Maple Leafs want to pay me eight million dollars to not be their head coach, I'm okay with that deal too. Yeah. Well, I mean, and all you would have had to do was try and push Freddie Gauthier out there every other shift, and you could have been paid eight million. (laughs) Force feed Freddie Gauthier down the throats of. The NHL. Six so, yeah, foot ten just, every time he steps on the ice. It's a clown organization, the Canucks, man. Right now, right now, how yeah. they handle Boudreaux, how they're handling. Well, there's also the tire to Tyler Toffoli, or, or sorry, not Tyler Toffoli, Tanner Pearson, like the botched surgeries <laughs> of his injury to put him out for the year. There was one, and there was like, oh, it's a setback, and then they had the doctors out there talking about, yeah, there was a setback, and then. The doctor had to actually come on a press conference and say, any one of these guys I would want doing surgery on my family. Like, you don't worry about botching a surgery for a player and then drag them out like that, like the doctor. So I just think, you know, it's just sad to see such, you know, a good person. Like, you have coaches in the NHL who everyone knows are shitheads, like Mike Babcock. He would not have gotten that send off, but the fans chanting like Bruce, there it is. And like, we love you, Bruce and all that shit. And then they sewered that dude for a week like that. Like if you're a coach, like outside of Rick talking who clearly wanted back in coaching, and this is probably going to be his only entry point. Why would you want to one, go coach for that team? And if you're a player too, why would you want to go play for this team? They get a criminal to coach their team <laughs> instead of Bruce Boudreaux. And you know what the funny thing is? Kevin, when I, the first time I I interviewed Kevin Owens, I asked him if he was into sports. And he was like, no, I don't follow sports. He told some story about how somebody was watching sports, and he stayed up in his hotel room with Eddie Edwards watching Cops instead. Um, but he's like, I could give two shits about sports. Bruce Boudreaux is a huge WWE fan and they did this thing at the I think it was the draft where Kevin Owens came out and surprised Boudreaux and Boudreaux was like a kid and then oh he he got starstruck he's like a total child meeting his hero yeah Owens tweeted that Bruce Boudreaux is a good guy because even he a guy who doesn't give a shit about sports understands that this is terrible business and terrible way to treat a human being the Canucks did like forget you just don't treat someone like that especially being you know a national hockey league team where the kids uh, look up to stuff and they hear about the, it's just not good man it's, it's, a guy who's stuck it out for you. coming to them oh 100 i hope i hope they get 13th in this fucking draft i really do because guess what the delta between Connor bedard and the number two three four five two? six yeah is is a huge gap so fuck them like I thought it would have been a cool story seeing Bedard go home, play for his childhood team, favorite team, whatever. Similar to would have been same for Connor McDavid to be here. But man, now I just I want them to lose out and get the number two pick and watch them scramble to try and trade number two and everything under the sun up to get number one. And whoever has number one to be like, hey, go fuck yourself. Bedard's a generational talent. And you know what sucks? The fans don't deserve that because they truly stood no. behind Bruce and they love that guy well, and they don't they don't deserve what's coming did. either. They did ride on a Stanley Cup loss, so they kind of... Uh, different fans now. It's a different generation. <laughs> That's a good point. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, but um, they do deserve everything coming to them. Well, speaking of another trash organization, how about the uh, Philadelphia Flyers? 
<sighs> so if you didn't hear this story, it was uh, the it was Pride Night. I think it was Pride Night across the NHL, actually. But if it wasn't, it was Pride Night, at least for the Flyers. And during warm-up for Pride Night, all the players on the Philadelphia Flyers uh, would wear a, a rainbow-inspired Flyers sweater. And absent from warm-up was Ivan Provorov, who uh, didn't want to participate, didn't want to wear the rainbow. Provorov did uh, play in that game, and then after the game, uh, John Tortorella was asked about it, the head coach, of course, of the Philadelphia Flyers, and shortly thereafter, Provorov was asked about it as well. Like, Why did you not wear the inclusive sweater that literally just says hockey is for everyone and according to Provorov his religion does not allow him to uh, to support homosexuals you're not supporting right so that's what's like that's that's the thing that is just okay so first of all I don't know what Provorov's religion is so I'm going to assume he's Russian Orthodox sure I'm I'm willing to bet uh, their religious scripture doesn't say that you're not allowed to have sex with a same-sex person. Um, Obviously, it'll never be that uh, literal. And, I mean, religious texts are designed to not be literal, so you don't uh, take it word for word. It's supposed to be just uh, lessons to live your life by. It's not supposed to be uh, a letter of the law. That's what our our government is for, sir. (laughs) That's not what... (laughs) Sir. um, (laughs) That's not what religion's for. But nevertheless, who am I to tell you how to celebrate your religion? Um, I, I just—it's it, just so sad that there's so many people that think their their actions don't matter, right? Like he, like, the way they're framing this is, well, I don't believe in this, and like my my religious beliefs uh, are are such that I don't believe in uh, homosexuality, so I I don't, I don't feel right about wearing this. Uh, rainbow on my sweater when in actuality all it's saying is this game that we play and we love is for everyone Mm -hmm. regardless of what your sexual orientation is regardless of what your gender is regardless of what your religious beliefs are sir it's for everyone so are you saying you don't believe it's for everyone or are you saying you just don't like the gays um, either of those answers is not ideal. It's not like um, a, a poster of what the league should want, but no, no discipline. And if John Tortorella was almost in favor of it, like he didn't, he There's didn't, uh, he, he still played Provorov, and. In the event someone were to kneel during the national anthem, Tortorella would have benched them. Yeah, he's been in close. So it's not like he, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he is um, reluctant to discipline his players for making a protest. That's essentially what this is by refusing to wear the league or at least team mandated uniform you are protesting. And it's just like the Tampa Bay Rays earlier uh, this summer who did something similar, didn't want to wear the uh, rainbow on their hats because their religious belief says they can't. Listen, I'm like, religion is wacky to begin with. So I understand there's a whole bunch of religious stuff that goes on in the world that I have nothing to do with. And 
for reasons of my own that I want nothing to do with it. But I think in the overall message is that this is for everyone and everyone's allowed. I don't know if that's something you should be protesting against. Well, especially a dude who's currently of a nationality that people really don't have a positive taste in their mouth of and people are kind of negative towards and yet I'm sure his teammates are standing up for him regardless and saying, hey, he's still our teammate. We still care about him. He's still, you know, for him to go and do that, it's kind of bullshit. Um, I think the religion thing's a cop out, to be honest. Like you said, it's it's probably nothing to do with religion. It's probably more just his personal belief and, you know, agreement with you know, homosexuality, which again, literally has nothing to do with him. So why the fuck does he care? Um, and two, the whole torch thing, when he says, if any of my players sit for the anthem, they'd be sitting there for the whole game. And then to just say, well, you know, that's his point of view. And you know, you can't, you can't fault the guy for standing up. It's just, it, it is so torts in the hypocrisy of it, that it's disgusting. The fact that this dude is still employed by that team after that is is mind-boggling, especially with the season they've had. And I just go back to think of, I remember two players for the Flyers, Mike Richards and Jeff Carter. They were not team guys. They got shipped there real quick. Could you imagine if this shit happened under the watch of some, like Ed Snyder, when he still owned the team? Provorov would have been out the door or sitting for the rest of the season. He would have been on like a cargo plane back to Russia already. Do you know what I mean? Because Ed Snyder was a league guy, but he was a team guy. And yeah, he would have lost his shit over this. I just, I go back to the, just the, the basic concept of it's You're not, you're not saying that you're, Everyone should be homosexual. Yeah, you're not saying that everyone should be gender fluid. You're not saying any of those things. Like you said, all you're saying is, hey, no matter your choices, you can come enjoy and feel a part of a hockey game. I don't I don't understand it. <laughs> I really don't. I don't and understand it, the organization's response. Or we welcome all beliefs. Or well, that's league. fine, but then I mean, you're creating a cyclical argument where then, then I don't know. It, it, it's a very tough. It just, it sends over, like, it's one of those things. If the, if the whole team's not in it, the message gets broken. Because now we're talking about this, right? And I think that's the problem. I'm going to talk this more on. I think it's a testament, too, to, like, look how, I guess, all three of us were brought up to, like, be so kind of disgusted with this shit. Just whatever, you know, because we were pissed about the raise we were pissed about this and it's just it just like we said it's whether it's how he was brought up or whatever like you said it's not caring necessarily or that's a terrible way to put it it's not to say that you champion a specific lifestyle what you're championing is inclusivity for everyone and all to say that regardless of what your beliefs are and you know the funny thing is, is, is the very people that he's excluding would be the first to stand up for his religion. If someone were to, you know, kind of be very restrictive or condescending or however you want to put it, they, they would be the first people to stand up, and say, Hey, that's not right. 
yeah, I think he doesn't understand that inherently the whole pride thing is, or whatever, is to welcome him too, right? Like, yes. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's so fucked. It's, and again, again, like I said, I don't know if that's an upbringing thing or a lack of education or. It's know, a Russian thing. I hate to say it, like a, an Orthodox yeah. Russian. If you're gay, like you go to jail in Russia. I don't know if that's a hundred percent, but that's. Remember tattoo? <laughs> yeah. The Dustin remembers tattoo. They did. They did all the things said. All he said. All yeah. the things said. All that thing. Yeah. Yeah. The big controversy around that because Russian, you know. So, I don't know. There was another. Well, there's another uh, Russian that's super. There's like a bunch of women. They've got a very provocative name, but they were banned from Russia from performing there, and they were Russian. Um, oh, I, I know who you're talking about. There was like there was. There was a protest about it. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. Like, there's there to people saying it's hiding behind religion. I don't necessarily agree with that because there is something to Russia and Russian Orthodox and homosexuality that's deep rooted in that. But I also don't think I don't I don't believe in using it as a reason not to tell people that they can come to a like to reinforce the idea that they can come to a hockey game um i think hiding behind it would be like an empty excuse and i don't i don't want to say that it's an empty excuse because like i said there have been protests and people have been probably jailed and shit for for stuff you know so if he was raised and, and indoctrinated and and you know um what's the word i'm looking for conditioned conditioned thank you a certain way then i don't i don't necessarily believe it as an excuse but I, it's also not excusable either is kind of what i'm getting at yeah the ignorance isn't an excuse and i also think on a certain level there's a level of hypocrisy here because if you look at and i am on a website called pornhub.com right now <laughs> and if you go to their insights page, they ever every year they do like their year in review statistics or yeah. whatever. Um, so can you guess what the number one viewed category of 2022 is worldwide? Girl on girl. Les- lesbian. That is correct. Lesbian girl on girl is the as most. it's been for the past 50 years of tracking as- porn stats. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like statistically speaking, Provorov's watching girl on girl porn, right? So if that's uh okay. Maybe you should just wear the, the fucking rainbow, eh, bud? Yeah, he pro- you know what? He could, and I, I don't want to say this is it, and this is always like one of those outs to just kind of be an asshole to people about this shit, but it's like maybe he's got some deep-rooted conflictions that he has, and he's just worried. Who knows? Maybe he's closeted. Who knows? Like, and I'm not saying he is, and I'm not trying to be like, you're a closet homo, and that's why you're like this, right? It's maybe there's something to that and he's afraid and you know for how people look at him back home and whatever who knows um and in in all fairness because i i don't want to throw out like one statistic that is like favoring my argument and not looking at the other side of the argument if you do look at it by country um (laughs) the category that uh the country russia searches for the most is russian which I didn't know was even a category you can search for, but apparently in Russia, the most popular category is Russian. So apparently you can still search Oriental. So, well, 
What's what's fucking? It is fascinating if you go to these charts. We probably should do an entire deep dive one day on these charts. It is very interesting, but I don't know. I just it doesn't sit well with me the whole thing. But you know what? Fuck Provorov. Yeah. And also, we also have to talk about something that didn't sit well with me over this weekend as well. I feel like it's Leafs Habs, and it was the Maple Leafs and the Habs, and just. You know, I have a friend who is a big fan of the Montreal Canadiens, which I, that's another thing for another day of people just picking fucking random teams. And all of a sudden you decide to pick the fucking Montreal Canadiens. But nevertheless, I said to them, yo, the Leafs are going to run over the Habs tonight, right? And after the first period, it looked like I was absolutely right. And then after that, it was all downhill. And it's just, I don't think we need to spend too much time on this, but Jesus, guys, like this is... It almost seems like clockwork with the Maple Leafs, where they'll play against Boston in Boston, and they they lose the game, but it's a tight 4-3 game, and they fought the whole way through, and you're kind of proud of them, at least. For this game, you lose to the Montreal Canadiens, who don't even have Cole Caulfield in the lineup. Mutambo's out there stopping pucks left and right. What's going on here? How, it's It's almost like... Okay, so here's the thing. It's the NHL, and everyone's just really good, right? Like, <laughs> Montreal's a bad team, but like, these are professional hockey players. Like, they're actually really good at what they do, yeah. even though they're, like, they're the shittiest team in the league. They're not the shittiest team. They're, they're close That's to the bottom hilarious. of the barrel. Yeah. So uh, maybe I just, that will make me feel better when we see stuff like this. But you go up 2 nothing in the first period against the Montreal Canadiens, and you end up losing that game to some guy named Pitlick. Lance Pitlick. Rem. 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 Lance was an old defenseman. Name, if you gave me Senators. 99 guesses, I would not have guessed this man's name is Rem. Or wow. Lance, for that matter. So can we call him Kylo Rem? Kylo Rem. Pitlick. Well, here's the, here's the thing, Maggle. Um, the, the Leafs have an issue, I think, of how do I say this? Playing down. I think they get Playing lazy. Playing to the level of their opponents. I think they get lazy. There's still no. There's still no killer instinct. There, mm. it's just not there. It isn't. Like how, like if there were killer instinct, we would never talk about the Phoenix Coyotes. We wouldn't talk about the Montreal Canadiens. We wouldn't talk. They need to be stepping on those teams. When they step but, on the Red Wings. The Boston Bruins are 37 and 5 or some shit. Okay, that's an exception to the rule. This is a historic team. Like that's I understand not... that, but a few years ago, the Tampa Bay Lightning also stepped on everybody. Like the teams and they also got swept by Columbus in the first round the year before. That's cool. They have two cups. We haven't had one since 67. So there's just a significant lack of taking everything seriously. And it's just, you know, again, you you said it. They were up to nothing. How do you not lock that shit down against an AHL team? They're supposed to be the big four all-stars, you know. It's... I mean, if you want to say that too, Boston lost to Ottawa. And then they lost to Toronto. No. And they lost to the Panthers. Okay. How many, how many games they lost to the Phoenix Coyotes? 
twice uh, this lost, season. No, they lost four three to Phoenix on December 9th. Okay, You're twice. Yeah, and then I lost again to Ottawa on the twenty seventh. So, I mean, it's not like Boston's without their losses to teams they shouldn't be losing to this year either. Like they're out of the however many games they've lost this year, the majority of them were teams that they should have absolutely won ten to nothing. Again, I defer back to the fact that this is not this is. This is not new. This is a consistent thing that we've seen yeah. year in and year out. And that's my that's my concern. I understand it's a regular season game in January, and who cares? They're going to make the playoffs, and Montreal's not. And, and you know, the very next – or not the next night, I guess. Two nights later, they're going to play the Islanders. They're going to stop them 5-2. At least that's the score. Currently, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? They end up losing this game fucking 7-5. But – I understand that people aren't too concerned about it because of the time of when this game occurs, but it's still just, it doesn't sit right. You know, like I just feel like we're going to be around these microphones in, in, in April talking about, well, you know, they lost to Tampa just because they couldn't keep their foot on the gas or like they were right there and they had a chance to put Tampa away and they didn't. Yep. And been the same story every year for the past decade. That's what scares me. We're going to go back, we're going to be in April, and we're going to look back and we're going to point at these games where they couldn't lock it down against the easiest teams. And we're going to say, how did we ever expect them to lock it down against the best teams? Right, but they've this year consistently proven against the best teams they have, though. All right. Right. Says says their overtime record. (laughs) Right? Like, no, that's what I mean. Like, they, they have trouble in in these moments and it's like, i think any other team you probably just like yeah it sucks but like whatever you move on i think it's worse because it is montreal i think well, so i think too. it's worth i also think it's worse because it's habitual and i think it's like and that's the scary part if it's a if it's a one-off here and there okay but it's it's habitual inside of the season and now inside of a decade i think i, that's, I, think, you're, I think you're both right i think Yes, it is concerning because it's habitual. But if this game was a Thursday night against the Coyotes, it's not nearly a big of a deal because oh, not no, as many people. Hundred percent. Actually, I call bullshit on that. I say if this was Thursday night against the Coyotes, people would be losing their minds because it'd be the third time we lost the Coyotes this year. Well, no. Well, <laughs> yes, I see what you're saying, but like, I mean, if you dial back to that Coyotes game and the game they lost in Arizona, it was bad. But it's not like it's bad now against Montreal. It's just a, a different spotlight is on the team when they're playing Montreal and Hockey Night in Canada. And I think it's worse and, being up to nothing. You're up to nothing. Against a team who, who doesn't score. And the only guy who does score was not in the lineup. Right. Against a guy who's barely a goaltender. Actually, but, actually well, I would say like consistently the past couple of weeks, he's had some of the best stats and the league for attendee it's just this is you know what i call this stuff this is david ayer shit and that's what freaks me out is that i don't want to see any more david ayer shit i just don't no i i get i get what you mean but at the same time it's like let's not kid ourselves the least have lost 11 games i mean they're wow. second only to boston no count the overtime losses pal yeah you gotta count those overtime losses those <laughs> okay. aren't okay so then they've lost 19 uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's a problem. And they've won how many? <laughs> but then you can then say, okay, cut those overtime losses in half. 
to four, which would be four more wins too. Like, why are you cutting I, them in half? Yeah, you lost the game for 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 the accumulated points that would result in the win. But what what I'm saying is though is like, if we if they look, knew how to finish the games, they would have a better record. Yes, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. But no, what I'm saying is is like you you can't make the argument for one side and disregard the other. Like you can't make the argument say they're losing to these bad teams, but then completely disregard that they've played extremely well and better than 95% of the league against the stronger teams. Right. But the argument is that they have to play complete and give all, all the time because in April, you're not, they're doing, not, you're not doing that. You, you can't give a hundred percent through a full 82. That's impossible. Okay, so they sh- again being up two nothing, they shouldn't have to lose three two to the Montreal Canadiens. Right. But then you're also like, but at the same time, then you're completely ignoring the fact that, as Dustin said off the hop, that like these are still professional players. Like this isn't like they were playing, you know, a college team or you know, some pee wee team out of Laval. Uh, the argument could be made: the defense is almost a pee wee team on the Montreal Canadiens. No, I don't think that argument can be made. <laughs> <laughs> Again, much to the same as the the Giants name them, <laughs> name the defensemen. We don't. They're they're all rookie. It's just this is the seventh year of Austin Matthews. Seventh. We're closing in. We're on the other side, closer to a decade. And if we're gonna criticize the Edmonton Oilers for their shit. I mean, we haven't ever talked about the Edmonton Oilers, to be honest, so we can't really say anything. Oh, no. we. I mean, not on the air, but we've criticized the Edmonton Oilers about what they can't get done or what they don't do. Right, but I also think we are. It's, the difference is, though, is that Edmonton is borderline playoff team right now, where it's a foregone conclusion. Toronto could take the rest of the season off and they'll make it. True. Uh, same token is... Edmonton's won a playoff round. But like, every every team has gone through whatever. And like to me is, regardless, if you don't win the cup, it doesn't really matter regardless. For sure. But seven because years. Then, because Se- whoever wins the cup, every other team ends up trying to copy. For sure. Seven years of Austin Matthews. Potentially the second best player in the league. Okay, and Washington had like 13 years or 14 years of Ovechkin. Also keep in mind, there's been seven years of Dak Prescott in Dallas. Right. But that's my point. Just just put a bow on that. Just, you know, there's two ways to look at this and just... It has been seven years, but you know, I don't. I don't think this is. I, I think that's a huge it's, it's, <laughs> overreaction it's, of yeah, it's, not, no, it's not. It's yes. not the end of the world. But if you can sit no. here and accept it as like, well, it's just another game, and we'll wait for the playoffs. Well, I, sure. And if these happens like, show up in the playoffs, there's something to be said for a team that knows who they're gonna play and in the playoffs at game 44. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's something to be said about the mentality that you know where you're going to be playing, you know who you're going to be playing, and it's a, almost a foregone conclusion for the rest of the year that you know these dudes are still human. That they're they're going to have checkout games regardless, especially against a lesser team. Like you've played, you know when you went and played against shit teams that you weren't trying nearly as hard. Understood. I also wasn't playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs, so I like again. The, you you just want to see something different from this team, and this is the stuff where it's like this is this ain't different. 
But then by your logic, you're expecting them to, to go like 75 and 6. No, I just don't want to see continuous losses against Phoenix and the Detroits and the Montreal's so the only all acceptable year. losses against good teams. Yes. Yeah. No, that's that's, <laughs> that's, that's logic. Like, yeah. That's easy. <laughs> no, that's, okay, so I, I think that's flawed logic. How okay, I, I can't ignore this. I I'm just looking over at fucking Monday Night Raw and why is this happening? Why is Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle doing DX. the DX thing? So like when DX came to the ring, I thought I saw like some They're asshole in a red shirt. Here, and I'm like, oh shit, did they get they get daddy ass? Like they actually let Billy Gunn show up on Monday Night Raw and like, oh no, that's Kurt Angle. What the fuck is going on? Why is the gremlin Kurt Angle walking around? Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, we gotta move on. Because also a team that can't uh, find a way in the to the win column is the Toronto Raptors, who look like they are a shell of what they were only a few years ago in 2019. It's probably, I mean, if you ask most people, it's probably time for them to fold up the tent and call it a day on this season. But this is the hardest thing about the situation is because the NBA is so stupid and how there's 10 of 15 teams make the playoffs. So you can be a, a bottom five team in the Eastern Conference and still be sniffing the playoffs. So the Raptors right now have been horrible. Yes. The Raptors right now are five and five in their last 10. They just beat the Knicks last night. But before that, they lost three straight to the, the Celtics, the Timberwolves, and the Bucks. But with their record of 21 and 27 right now, they're a game and a half back of the 10th spot in the East, and they'd be in the play in game. They're also six yes. games back from the bottom of the league. <laughs> let's, let's chase mediocrity. Let's chase it just scratching in. It's the like honestly, I hate this shit. Like in in mm-hmm. any sport, whether it's NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, just this constant chase to just make the playoffs and then we're okay and then anything can happen. No, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. This team is firmly in a position that they should not be trying to go for it. And I get people say, well, Ujiri is, he's competitive. He never wants to tank because, you know, he doesn't believe in it and whatever. Okay, then you're going to sacrifice the future of this team for the next 10 years because you're going to be constantly getting 18, 19 overall picks that aren't going to help you. You know, then you're not going to trade guys to get picks and prospects that are going to help you down the line. And you're going to be con- now for the next, we're going to be like we were in the early 2000s. That's what this rap team is going to be. If you don't sell off players and you don't tank it for the rest of the year, you're going to be exactly who this team was for the early mid 2000s when, you know, the NBA didn't give enough of a shit about you and they put you on the CBC at one o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. Yeah, there's a difference between the way this team is built now versus when he traded DeMar for Kawhi. I mean, that team had pieces that were... There were one piece away, which was Kawhi. Yeah, I don't think this team is one piece away. Yeah, and we go back to the fact that, again, they're all wingmen on this team, and it just doesn't make sense, and they're going to have to make a decision as to how they're going to want this team to play. This team used to have an identity. It doesn't anymore. Um the ball doesn't flow through anybody like Freddie. I think it's time for Fred to move on. Like I said, although I'm scared as to who was it you last week that said Scotty runs the point. 
I, I suggested yes, I, that I just because they seem like hell bent on never using Malachi Flynn. Yeah. Well, would you want to? I mean, well, he's the backup point guard. If you don't think he's a good enough backup point guard, why is he on the roster? Like, why don't you mm, have someone else? No other option. Well, but they, they should have thought of this. You know what I mean? Like, I like I don't want to criticize Masai Ujiri because I believe in his vision. But at the same time, when it's not working, there is some very clear holes in this lineup. And yeah, they're a team full of second and third tier support pieces. That's yeah. what they are. Well, I mean, yeah. but also if you, if you have three wings, right, and you have a defense that can stop wings, <laughs> then this team is toast. <laughs> like there's just there's, you know, they don't have you know we talked about it. They don't have a true center. They don't have a like Fred's not a and Fred's not like a typical slasher, and they don't have a typical slasher actually, not really. You know, they don't have anyone that can cut to the basket and take take fouls and, and make free throws. They don't. They're they they try and be this shooting team, but they're not all great shooters. Um in fact, who's their best three point shooter? Huh. Fred or OG? It's not not enough, man. Out of all of them, I still think the one I would keep is OG, because I don't think you can replace that kind of defensive tenacity. But and they say you say Siakam, you're probably going to get a three for one plus picks, which I think is is yeah. a decent return. You know, so if the Raptors don't, don't come out of this before the trade deadline with that minimum three first round picks, including their own, so like three total. There's plus two more. There's a problem. And this draft is deep, so hopefully, yeah. hopefully, then if this yeah, if you're going to trade anything for picks this year, like this is it, because this draft is deep and. Again, I don't, and it's, it also seems to me like Nick Nurse is, is falling off the rocker a bit. I think, I think he's not long for this team, to be honest. I think he's lost the room clearly because of the McCollum comments last week and just seeing how guys are playing, and which is fair. Like He won a title, and then three years, four years later, it's going to happen. Right, no coaches forever unless you're Mike Tomlin and coach the Steelers, because every coach who coaches for the Steelers coaches until they decide to leave. Um, but don't like let's not get it twisted. That doesn't mean Nurse is not a good coach. You know, whenever he leaves his team, he's going to have five or six teams that will be seriously considering, if not ready, to fire their current coach to have him go in. Um, so I think it's I think it's a mix of both you know, not having enough and nurse kind of losing the room. It's honestly that perfect storm. You never really want to see with a team. Right. Um, it was, we, again, back to the least, we saw it with the Leafs and the horror check years where the year before year or two before they had guys, but none of them were top line players. They were a team full of great support pieces. We all said, put Phil Kessel on a team where he's not the guy and he does fantastic. And then he goes and wins two cups in Pittsburgh, you know, um, Tyler Bozak, he's not your number one center, but he'd be a great second, third line guy goes to St. Louis, third line center wins a cup. Right. So I think that's kind of a similar issue where they're facing now. The problem is, is it's not that I don't think Ujiri sees it. I think he just thinks that he can do it without mortgaging like tanking. Right, Which, and I also I also think he has a 
he has a, a very strong commitment to Pascal as a human. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm afraid it's going to stop him from making the right decision for this team. I mean, long term, long term. I, th- I think that will do this year. I think if it's for some reason, Siakam's still here next year and it's like this, then that may not extend past that. But I mean, if there's ever a time, like you said, to start shipping shit out to get picks and prospects that whether you can package to move higher up or whatever, it's a deep draft. This would be the year to do it. Dustin, well, we'll have to the, see with Toronto Raptors, what's dude. Um, what's the mood around the Raptors I, when you're? There? <laughs> I can't. Some things I can't even discuss about the Toronto Raptors. I feel like I, t- I know too much inside about the Raptors. Right. So um, I will just say that um, I'm curious to see what happens at the trade deadline. But I'm also curious about this other story that came across my desk today, and I don't know if you guys saw this one. But I don't know if you've heard about this story about Los Angeles Angels, and they've been looking for a buyer for some time now. Uh-huh. They put out, so uh, Art Moreno put out a, the owner of the Angels put out a press release today. I don't even know about a press release. He put out an image on Twitter, a statement, if you will. And I'm not going to read this whole statement, but I think the most important part is near the end here, where uh, he says, however, as discussions advanced and began to crystallize, we realize our hearts remain with the angels and we are not ready to part ways with the fans, players, and our employees. So I'm, I'm just thinking at what point do we see a similar message come out from the Vince McMahon Twitter account saying, you know what? As we've discussed, as discussion has advanced and began to crystallize, we've realized our hearts remain with the WWE universe. And we are not ready to part ways with WWE. Then, now, forever, together, brother. And there it is. Vince McMahon is back. And he found, he weaseled his way back onto the board by saying he wants to force the sale of the company. And now they're going to do their due diligence and say, you know what? It probably makes the most sense for us not to sell. And I'm back, motherfuckers. And Paul, you're fired. And I'm going to take over this thing with me and Bruce and and fucking dynamic dude over here and that's going to be it that would tank the company no it's this company who cares right it's not about <laughs> whether who cares or not but as a product that company wouldn't the, survive because the stockholders love vince when vince came back and i don't know if it's the sale or vince coming back the, the sale, stock sky it was probably the sale but um, yeah it's an anticipated sale right but wall street loves vince so i don't know uh, much about that, well, but no. you can you you can spin that though. You can spin it by saying when Vince came back, the stock went from sixty dollars to ninety dollars. It's like, well, yeah, because we thought there was going to be a sale, but you don't have to spin it that way, right? You can just say, oh yeah, Vince came back and the stock grew by twenty five percent. That's what I'm saying, right? That that's so. I think if if that's the case, I think someone better check Triple H's Amazon search history she's probably looking for two to four packs of pillows to (laughs) under vince when he's sleeping i just think all the good credit that he built up with when vince is gone and then everything that came out was the morale was better everyone bought in everyone felt good the fans enjoyed the product much more and i don't know how that company survives going back to Vince in the same state that it is like as a 
you know, WWE product, uh, you know, like you said, the stock may not tank. Shareholders may still love them, but I mean, fans may be like, I'm not doing this again. It's possible. I also, I mean, how not to be morbid, how, how long do you think Vince is for this earth? Well, I, I think he comes back like you said, Triple H may make it real short. He might outlive Triple H, honestly. <laughs> well, he's got the money to freeze himself. Well, Vince is Vince just lost his mother recently, and I think she was in her like she was in her 90s or she was 100 something. So you got to believe Vince has another 20, 30 years in the tank, and he's 77. But well, his father went like, earlier, though. So he did. The but I'm just saying, like, he has good <laughs> genetics, guys in the gym all the time. Split well, the difference. He's in the gym all the time because he's got a needle in his ass. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but nevertheless, he is in the gym all the time, so he's got to be in good health. All the man eats is chick or turkey sandwiches with two, uh, with uh, mustard on it. Like liver that's... King, Burger King. <laughs> no, Liver King. Oh, they said Burger King. No, I mean, I wish. <laughs> By the way, that Burger King long cheeseburger is actually pretty good. What? So they King essentially they took a double cheeseburger. And they just put it on the Burger King chicken sandwich bun. So oh, okay, it was, it was, but it was kind of nice. It's a nice change of pace. But speaking of uh, double cheeseburgers, I was uh, on the McDonald's uh, mobile menu the other day, or like on your phone, and I saw a triple cheeseburger. I'm like, what the fuck? I've never yeah. seen this before. Once in a while, comes in yeah. greasy as fuck, full of cheese. It very do- good. It doesn't work. No, I don't know. It's I feel much, like the double to the cheese. I want to say that's the problem. But I would always, I shouldn't say always, in my younger days, I used to get the Wendy's triple, and those patties are at least three times the size of McDonald's patties, so you're getting like nine times the beef on that triple compared to a McDonald's triple. And I would eat those no problem, and I, I never had the problem with the ratio, although the ratio probably was way off. <laughs> but I don't know, I just bit into this triple for McDonald's, I'm like, this doesn't taste right. I feel like the two is like the perfect amount for okay. those patties. So then is, is it double cheese or McDouble? Um, I go back cheese. and forth on this. I think the double cheese is the right way to go because you get more cheese. But I don't hate on a McDouble. I'll eat a McDouble all day. Yeah, like, I mean, if I had a choice, if someone put both in front of me, it'd be double cheese. But if someone was just like, you can, like, here you go, it's a McDouble for free, and they're just handing me one, I'm not going to be upset. Nope. Not at all. Right? I'd be very happy if someone gave me McDouble right now. Um, Jim may not remember this. There's a video floating around about this dude when we were in high school who ate like how many whoppers was it or baconator or what was it like 16 was like what's his name like chris bird or bird Wait, he ate 16 baconators no not 16 separate baconators no he stacked them all together 16 patties or something some bird it used to be on youtube yeah Um, and it's fat fuck he the grease it, yeah. it was disgusting it was like old like low res fucking nokia recording yeah. on a phone and but dude you could see the sheen of the grease just pouring on yeah. this man's chest if that it guy's alive today it's a it's a medical miracle if this man is alive um i think chris but, bird was his name i'm gonna google this yeah well he was friends with murray right so yeah um anyway they used to make him just eat stuff and film it and <laughs> they would put it on youtube <laughs> But yeah, he they were would, the original. Yeah, like a 16 patty 
baconator he would eat he would eat like tubs of ice cream just sitting there and they'd film it and put it online gross dude yeah it was disgusting but yeah no thank you but Um, yeah before the wwe thing sorry i was just gonna say like my my last thing is i just if you're triple h how are you not pissed about this yeah i don't it's i mean what terry bird terry bird thank you he's he's alive yeah i don't know how uh, super riff now i don't know how triple h goes on but hopefully um (laughs) the rumors aren't true and hopefully terry bird is also alive he works at dairy queen (laughs) at least that's what his his profile says and then it was his profile picture was last updated seven years ago so he might not be (laughs) (laughs) oh no rip or not rip who knows but yeah how is triple h not pissed about this but i don't know man uh it could be worse you could be uh working at dairy queen apparently no he has two profiles he lives in china he lives in china now he's part of the communist regime yeah all right so (laughs) last thing i want to get to james terry bird's an Uh, esl teacher Royal Rumble is this weekend. Is this Saturday night? I I think everyone loves the Royal Rumble the most. Oh, yeah. want to do a watch along? We can do a watch along online. Well, here's the thing, and this is what I've been wrestling with. Huh. Uh, there is a Smash Wrestling event this Saturday at the Rec Room, and after that event, they are uh, hosting a watch party at the Rec Room. And as much as okay, so. As much as I would enjoy that to a certain extent, because I think that is something that's so cool that not a lot of places do, like the watching the wrestling pay-per-views with other wrestling fans. Because like hockey fans get together and watch a hockey game in a bar. UFC kind of took that over. Yeah, like UFC kind of stole that, but I shouldn't say stole it. They did it before WWE ever did it. Like the wrestling fan no. was never a, a. I'm just saying the wrestling fan was never accustomed to going to a bar and watching a pay per view together because most bars never showed a wrestling pay per view. No, we but they would go to like the theater and stuff. We used theaters. to go to the theaters. Yeah, sure, but that's that's a different thing. Okay, I'm just saying like you can't walk into like right now we're recording on a Monday night. I can't go down the street to my local bar and be watching Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. but I could have walked in there and saw the Toronto Maple Leafs game. Yeah, okay. So it's just a different interaction for fans. So it's typically not something you get. So I think it is a fun experience to do that with other wrestling fans to watch a big wrestling event together. And especially being the Royal Rumble, I think it's the best one to watch with a bunch of people. But at the same time, I kind of just want to go home. So I kind of just so want to. I don't. Um, I, don't do I don't uh, blame you. I was gonna say like. And maybe it's just my old age. Like at some point you just want to enjoy it in peace. And I actually get more of a kick out of messaging people and being like, oh my God, like, and just having that interaction then, you know, cause then you're not dependent on hearing anyone else's shit or whatever, the, you know? The main thing that I'm most concerned about is last time we did this at the rec room, the service was horrendous. And like you couldn't get food to your table like that wasn't allowed you had to go to the bar and ask for food and then like you take it and walk it over to your table yourself it was a nightmare so that's something i want to avoid i'd rather just order a bunch of pizzas and have a couple friends over and watch the pay-per-view that way so mm. 
we'll see how it goes. I love the Royal Rumble. I oh, think yeah. I best. think Cody I think Cody's gonna win, probably. But we shall see. Confirmed he's back. Confirmed he's back. Okay. That's cool. I, anytime like a guy kind of is just like, you know what? I'm putting whatever I believe in above my body for shit like that, whether it's sports or wrestling with the pec tear and shit, is you always buy good credit to me. So this week is the Royal Rumble. It's everyone's favorite pay-per-view of the year. And everyone's favorite segment of our show is shout-outs. That's right. It's everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is shout-outs. It is the segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music. And that's why it's everyone's favorite segment of the week. But it's also the segment where we get to shout out someone or something that we really like to end on a high note. And I'm going to go first because I don't know if it's a high note necessarily, (laughs) but it does need to be shouted out. So um, this past week, we did lose uh, a member of the Briscoe brothers. Jay Briscoe uh, died in a car accident this past week. And man, that guy was just so good. I think when you go back and you look at the Briscoe brothers and those guys were, they were so believable. Right. Like when Jay and Mark would do those promos and they'd be on their farm and just, you know, Terry Funk ain't nowhere, no mouth guard. Like you just everything that they said, like you believed in what they were saying. And they in a world of professional wrestling where everything is so, I mean, it's scripted and everyone's acting and everyone's like trying to play a part. These guys aren't playing a part. This is the Briscoe brothers. That's just who they are. They live in North Dakota or whatever it is, Delaware, no. I don't know. Live in the northern part of the United States. They had a chicken farm legitimately. They are who they are. And they are just country boys who'll whoop your ass. And that is who they were in real life and in front of the camera. And Jay was incredibly talented for especially when they started, they were teenagers. And we forget that sometimes. Like I feel like we we've been watching uh the Briscoes like our entire adult lives not realizing that when we were watching them, they were the same age as us, essentially. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's too bad, obviously gone uh, far too early. And uh, of course, we wish his daughters a speedy recovery as well, because they were also involved in that car accident. Um, it sucks, but I think it's, it is nice to hear all the great stories that people are posting about Jay and mm-hmm. the amount of money that was raised in the past, in the past couple of days for his family is just incredible too. So... Uh, it's, un- it's a very unfortunate situation, and uh, all of our warm wishes to Jay's family. It's uh, he got a he got an unfair shake because he made a mistake with with one tweet, um, and he it came off the wrong way because anyone who knew Jay knew that like, he wasn't like he was the nicest dude, and I think that's why you see so many of the stories being like like you don't see anyone saying anything negative because there was nothing negative to say and you know it's it is unfortunate the dude's there i'm 38 that guy's 38 it was uh it's sad and scary shit but anything i ever heard about jay from anybody i didn't get a chance to work with him he worked with a friend of mine is that he was a wonderful human being so yeah yeah i just i mean dudes just where you have wwe where guys are all about spectacle and you know the show they just they made fans feel more part of the show than a lot of other guys. Um, 
obviously Jim knows what my favorite Briscoe story is going to be. Um, they took Shane's wheel. <laughs> at, was that uh, during the street fight? That's the uh, ROH show. It's section C. Hold on. Hold on. He's got it. He's got the DVD. He's got it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was it. I, I you know I'm going to have to watch this tonight now. Um, it's on here somewhere. So, yes, I have the DVD right in front of me. It's Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor 8 in Toronto, Ontario, June 19th, 2010. That was it. It was the what, Kings what? of Wrestling, which, of course, is Claudio Castagnoli and Chris Hero against Jay and Mark Briscoe for the World Tag Team titles in a no disqualification match. Yeah. yeah. So we took our buddy Shane's wheel off his wheelchair and handed it to the Briscoes, and they kept tossing it back and forth and using it as a weapon in the match. And it was just like, dudes just knew how to put on a show, man. Like both of them. And Jay was just, I don't know. It just, it sucks when you have guys that just live to entertain people and we're good people lose way too early. So this, this DVD, <laughs> like, I met Eddie Edwards that night, 2010 ring of honor was obscene. Banger. Oh, it like, was fantastic. The that was probably the match, last time I was a wrestling fan. Opening match, Kevin Steen versus El Generico. Mm. Of course, as people know now, is uh, Sami Zayn. All Night Express, which I believe was uh, Rhett Titus and Kenny King against Up and Smoke. Yeah, Delirious Austin Aries. So Eddie Edwards was in this uh, six-man match. Eddie Edwards versus Colt Cabana versus Roderick Strong versus Sean Davari, Steve Carino, Tyson Dukes. <laughs> there's, a, so, there's a name for you. Christopher that, Daniels versus Kenny Omega. So that night I met Eddie Edwards, who's a really cool dude. He's really nice. We hung out. He's like, oh, you guys are back. He's hung out for a bit, talk. And um, Zombie Princess, what's his name? Oh, Jimmy Jacobs. Jimmy Jacobs. We met Jimmy Jacobs that night. He was a really nice guy, too. And then, so, of course, in, in your main event for the Ring of Honor world title, Tyler Black versus Davey Richards. Yeah. Incredible. Like, just good show. Yeah, watch stuff, it. You man. may you may see Jim and me on uh, on the thing if they cut to when we give the wheel to to use as a as a prop. And our, we started the section C chant proudly. We started the section C chant. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch this tonight. Yeah. Anyways, your yeah. your shoutouts, Jim. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna leave it at that. I think that's enough to to go on. I'm not. I don't think we need anything else. That's pretty profound, and I'm gonna leave it there. Okay, I think Maddie wants to use shout out though. Oh yeah, no, no, mine my... was gonna, mine was just gonna be earlier in the leaf segment and just Bobby McMahon. I think it's like a really cool story, um, to the point that this dude earned a spot and he's sticking around. So, I just I like stories like that. You know, guys that always the underdog who just never drafted, just said, you know what, don't care. I'm gonna put my head down and work. Had his opportunity to go to the other teams and potentially you know play a lot sooner but he wanted to play here and with this team and even his dad had said you know that team probably not going to crack the lineup and he's just said you know what that's where i want to be so uh heads up by the by the way that ring of honor thing was actually border wars 2012 um and it was the briscoes though it was them against haas and benjamin (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna look at my bookcase see if I have that there too. Because um, it was a fight without honor. So you're right, it was the Briscoes, but uh and I remember that. That was pretty funny. 
yeah but they were um that was that that was like i said probably the last time i was a like a true wrestling fan and it was because of honestly like to me it was like eddie edwards the briscoes steen like those were the dudes that i was a fan of wrestling and then i just feel like that's when you know the era when it just started changing and wasn't the same anymore i don't know just after that so no it sucks all right well we thank you very much for joining us on this week's episode of 43.6 it was episode 40 of 43.6 we're very quickly approaching the uh the magic number of 43 episodes of 43.6 but you're gonna have to hold on for a couple more weeks for that thank you again to our wonderful sponsor now your treasures make sure you check them out on instagram now your treasures and we will see you next week for episode 41 of 43.6 the sports podcast you always wanted. to